Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season two, discuss the future of marketing. Today, I have Shaheem Alam, the founder and CEO of Five Rings Marketing, a sales and marketing agency that is the go-to revenue partner for B2B tech companies. Welcome, Shaheem. Thank you for having me, Josh. Happy to be here. And, uh, you know, I, we, I know we were just talking right before this, but uh, I have to thank you now on the recording uh, for giving me some Vancouver recommendations just went a couple of weeks ago. Um, you have a beautiful freaking city. Uh, absolutely love it. Hopefully I'm retiring or moving there at some point. I, I heard it's not hard to uh, be a Canadian citizen, actually. So uh, I might <laughs> switch over. But where I want to start uh, is actually in your early days, because we actually both had shared a similar job starting off, uh, which is door-to-door sales. And I know it taught me a lot about the sales process. So I actually want to hear your experience through like doing door-to-door sales and and if it taught you anything. Yeah, no, I learned a lot in door-to-door sales. Um, So when I was doing door-to-door, I was selling uh, like furnaces, air conditioners, water, uh, water filters for homes, basically. Um, And when I first got started, like I didn't know anything about sales. Like I sucked, you know, my first three weeks, I didn't make a single sale. Um, But you know, just like listening to my manager, uh, listening to like psychology of selling by Brian Tracy, just trying to like do what the you know best people were doing. I was able to learn. Um, but like, as far as like, you know, what it taught me, um, a lot of things, I think like one thing that it taught me was just like absolute like grit, right. Just like grit, resilience, hard work. Right. Cause that's, I feel like that's like the rawest form of sales. I would say door to door. And then it's cold calling. Right. Um, so I think like, that's what it taught me, but then it taught me a lot of other principles too, which, you know, you could say are marketing related sales related, but it's really, um, just being able to uh, adapt to different personalities, different people. Um, you meet all kinds of characters, right. When you're knocking on doors, like behind it, like two neighbors can be completely different basically. And just adapting to those personalities is so important if you're going to actually, you know, be able to want to be able to sell to them. So that's something that's, you know, really, really big that I learned in indoor door for sure, along with, you know, several other things, which I can go on and on about. Uh, which you're invited to do. Um, but, you know, what I say to that, and, and I completely agree with you, is I say play the player and not the game, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, they learn how they want to do sales and, and we'll tie marketing to that as well. Um, and they say, like, you know, I'm just going to rinse and repeat this over and over again. And I think that's a really bad methodology because at the end of the day, like, you know, at least I'll speak for myself. I'm a very fast, energetic or fast speaking, energetic person. But Mm. when I know that the person in front of me is just not that, like I try to tone it down. I try not to be Josh. Like I always say, like, you don't matter. I don't matter at all. Right. The person in front of the only person that matters. So uh, that's kind of the the phrase that I used uh, is is like play the player and not the game. Yeah. I like Uh, that. The one thing, the other thing I would say, and I don't, I think we might've discussed this last time is uh, I learned a five-step sales process doing that door-to-door sales job. And I think I was there for like less than three months. And that's the exact same sales process that I run with today. So uh, I'll let, if you have something similar, I'll let you share yours first and we'll see how similar they are. Yeah, yeah, we, we had seven steps. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had seven steps to the sale. I don't know if like I, I use it or I don't, I don't really think of it to this day, but it, I mean, it's all the basic stuff, right? Like there's your opener, your your short story, your 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 questions, your, disc- your, your presentation, the close, objection, you know, like it's all of that stuff. It's all... It's all kind of the same through and through. Every time I have this conversation with a salesperson, uh, it's it's the slightly different steps, all the same concept. Mine was same thing. 
build rapport, ask questions, show value or slash discovery, close and then follow up. And it was like, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, we're all doing around the same thing. So hopefully yeah. someone who's listening doesn't have to go through the three, six months, whatever it is of door to door sales to learn that now. Um, and then I, I understand that you started your first venture at age 20. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and maybe some of the highs and lows that you went through? Yeah, so basically, eventually, I got like pretty good at at sales, but not just that. I was I found that I was really good at building teams, um, like in in door to door, right? So I always had the biggest team, um, and this is like, and that's tough, right? It's commission only sales. So when we're in Canada, so we're knocking doors and like you know minus twenty degrees and snowstorms, blizzards, everything, and to keep people coming back when they literally made zero dollars last week, like it's. They have to have a pretty good reason to want to come back. And that was the culture. That was the team that we built, the culture that we had in the office and all of that stuff. So eventually I started um, running a sales office. Um, so that was kind of um, a venture in the, in the, in the sense of, well, I started also like, you know, a lot of my, um, while the business wasn't like my own, it was kind of like I was paying for like a lot of the expenses as well. And a lot of like the profit kind of was like being shared um, in that office and I was covering expenses, things like that. So that part was, um, yeah, like it was, it was, a, it was a whole other thing because I didn't know anything about business and things like that. And just trying to like, you know, manage be a sales manager, but then also like manage an office and manage it and run it like a business with like the market constantly changing too. It was, it was really, really tough. Honestly, um, there was like definitely like highs where, yeah, like everyone's making a lot of money, tons of sales. And then there's times where like, okay, we're just seeing this decline down and down and down. Um, then eventually, you know, I switched companies um, to, to the same industry I decided to just kind of go out on my own. Um, and then I've tried to actually, so I had a little small sales team in Toronto. I tried to build a sales team in Vancouver. That's when I first initially actually came here a few years ago. Um, and it just didn't work out basically. Like it was very different trying to sell the same stuff in Vancouver. Um, whatever I did sell, um, it's kind of a pretty, it's a pretty crooked industry too. So I'm like old commissions, like to this day, basically I didn't even get paid out. Um, so then I had to like go back to Toronto with my, uh, you know, tail between my legs and go get a regular job. And then, um, so that was like a low point, right. Cause it was like high, like, you know, oh, everything's going great. And there was a low point. I got a job, uh, working as an SDR, uh, for a company called street context. It's a FinTech company. Um, and then, and this is what I think I was telling you before where, uh, nobody taught me how to do my taxes on all the commissions that I had earned. So I spent it all basically. And so I owed a ton of taxes and then the CRA, which is like the equivalent of the IRS, they knocked on my door and basically I looked at all my books and gave me a bill for like $110,000 that I owed. Um, so I was like, all right, well, where can I make this much money to pay this back? Got to go back to the commission only grind of, you know, door to door. That's when I went back. Started doing good again, though. Started like, you know, making a lot of money, paying my debts off, all of that stuff, got to a better position. Um, and then that whole industry basically like shut down in uh, in, in, in Ontario, like the province in Toronto. It, it just shut down completely because the contracts were just really bad. People weren't happy. Homeowners were complaining, all of that stuff. So then there was a down again. I'm like, okay, well, what do we do now? So it was just like all this craziness, man, like just like ups and downs and ups and downs. I tried a little bit in Texas as well uh, to get something going. It didn't work out. And every time I just kept coming back home with my tail between my legs, you know, <laughs> every single time. So I, eventually I had to leave. 
Well, and then we'll get to this in a second, but eventually, obviously, it led to all this. And, and I appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, real quick on something you said, what was like the difference, if you can point it out, like, or if you're able to, like, selling in Toronto versus Vancouver? Like, why do you yeah. think one worked in one city and not the other? Yeah. I mean, we're selling furnaces and air conditioners. Um, the winters aren't as cold and the summers aren't as hot over here. Over here, now that I'm living here, it was so crazy to find out that in Vancouver, homes don't just come with an air conditioner. Like, it's not a thing. Like, it's not standard for an AC huh. to be. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. And like, I'm just, I thought that was like how the world worked, you know, because in Toronto, that's like, Completely. that's yeah, the yeah. case. But it's, but it's not. So, because they don't need it. it. It doesn't get that hot. So just like literally the market itself didn't have a strong need for, for the stuff that we were selling. Then the third product we're selling is water filtration. And Vancouver has the best water in Canada. Like literally some cities here have won awards for the best water in Canada. We have all the mountains, right? So it's all clear. You can literally go on a hike, drink water from the rivers. You're all good. And so I can't sell that. So it's just the market is just not here. So, so is it really just like a product market fit? Type it's a thing? product market fit thing. Yeah, exactly. And wherever like I could potentially sell, like that's where I also just didn't get paid out because the guy that's supposed to pay me, he got into financial like struggles and stuff and just kept my commission. So that's, yeah, that's what shut it down even faster. Vancouver, man. Do anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I eventually made my made my way back here, right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm moving to Denver and I feel like everyone says the same thing that like when, if people leave Denver, they end up going right back and or Colorado or yeah, anywhere yeah. Uh, now I want to take a step back and kind of go to the beginning of, of five rings and how did you get that started? Like, why did you get that started? And then how'd you get your first customer? Yeah, for sure. Um, so remember how I mentioned Texas, um, didn't work out there either. Came back and I'm like, okay, I got to leave HVAC. So I started looking for, for a job. Um, at that time, um, well, my wife, uh, and I, well, we, we were dating at the time, but basically she had quick, this you, you started a company with a girlfriend. But prior to being married or engaged? Correct. Yes. I'll, I'll get to that in a second, but sorry. Continue. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know we can talk about that too. Cause everyone's like, wait, what? But it, honestly, it's the best thing if you can do it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so basically she, she so Nilu, her, her name is Nilu Far, um, but Nilu, she had, she had actually had five rings as like a business already. And it was more like a side hustle at the time. So she would get some projects here and there, you know, like a website and then she would outsource the work or she would get like some paid ads and outsource the work. So she had a look, she's working full time, but then she had this five, five rings on the side and she had always wanted to have like her own business. Like and actually like be full time on it. So when around the same time that I was heading back to Toronto with my tail between my legs, I was going to start looking for a job as an account executive to kind of just stabilize myself. Um, she was ready to like, jump into the business and go full-time so she actually went full-time on the business uh she didn't take salary for a year you know she had like a year's worth of savings put aside and she basically i mean at that point she said she always saw potential in me i think she was just trying to help me out at the time when i was just in a rough <laughs> point in my life so she's like let me just bring him in and you know so so but we partnered on it because i had done um uh, like as far as like my work like as an sdr right i had done like some email cold emailing she'd done like a lot of you know linkedin outreach and stuff like that we both done cold calling um so we said okay let's just kind of put the skills together and for her why she went full-time on it was because she was getting a lot of job offers as an account executive because she was selling to startups and they all wanted to hire her. 
And one of her friends um, who's very successful said, hey, why don't you just start a company and help all of them, right? Why just work for one of them? And I was like, oh, boom, right? Uh, light, light bulb goes on. And that's how we actually started it. So she was full-time on it. I would work my day job. And then after that, I would get to work on Five Rings as well. Um, and that's, that's how we started. Um, and first customer, that was Nilo. She, she dug into her network. Um, uh, you know, just talking to various, various different people. Um, this is back when, you know, you meet with people in person as well, like sales meetings were happening in person, but, uh, yeah, she, she brought on our first, you know, first clients. Uh, same thing with like second and third, just kind of. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, right. yeah. And I think I saw, or we talked about it before or something that you guys actually started as like this cold sales outreach. And that's kind of what you're describing. That's correct. Obviously now, you know, looking at the website and everything and talking, you are now more of like a full service agency. So Correct. Uh, what kind of made you want to open up that scope? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So, um, yeah, it started on the sales side of things, but number one, like as a, as, as a company, we don't want to have all of our eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's very, very important. Um, I don't know. What if LinkedIn just like shuts down one day, you know, and we can't do outreach on LinkedIn anymore? What if some crazy law passes and cold calling is literally like illegal or something? We can't do cold calling anymore. So you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket, right? Um, So that was one reason from like a strategic perspective as a business. Um, But the other thing as well is our vision is to be a true revenue partner for our clients. And revenue is not just sales. It's a big part of it, but it's not just sales, right? There's a whole marketing side of things. So on one side, you're going out and getting customers, but you also need to know how to attract customers and bring them to you. And so we want to be involved in that full process of uh, top of funnel uh, today and eventually, you know, expanding into even further, helping them with their sales process and, and closing deals, whether it's with sales training or sales process consulting, things like that, is we want to really be involved in the entire revenue cycle. And that's our vision. So expanding, you know, goes in line with that. No, I, I think that's great. And uh so this question, I know, I kind of know the answer again. We spoke about this before, but I think it's a pretty good story. Um, and you actually started as the COO and now you're the CEO. So can you kind of explain how that happened and why it happens? Yeah, so so that, that happened January of this year, um, so about eight months ago. And what kind of led, and, but we had planned for it um, from like, I would say like six months before that or something like that. Like we knew it was, it was going to come up. It's actually... You know, Nilu is the part of a company that she really enjoys are the first like, you know, couple of years, like the growth stages, getting it all together, getting it off the ground, getting it up and running, right? Revenue coming in, building it to a certain point where, okay, it's like, you know, the business is like chugging along. And then after that, it kind of becomes something that she doesn't, she doesn't really have fun with anymore. It doesn't excite her anymore. And she wants to like work on something new. And really that's the point where we got with five rings versus me. I don't really... For me, I don't really care to start another business and another business and stuff like that. For me, like I like what we're doing and I'm and I'm uh, invested in the vision and I want to build towards that, right? And I, and I enjoy that process a lot, like management of people, management of plans, creating plans, following through with them, et cetera. So that's essentially what happened. And at the same time, um, Nilu got another opportunity where she's actually building another company right now. It's called Fire Rings Academy. Um, and Fire Rings Academy... Um, basically teaches uh, English to Spanish speakers to better their lives, essentially. Um, So that's like launching very, very soon. And that's the project that she's working on now. 
do you want to give the website or anything else on that while you have this space? Yeah, yeah. fiveringsacademy.com. Um, Five Rings Academy also on uh, TikTok, where there's like, we have like, I think we, she has like half of a half a million followers. Um, and then Instagram, same thing, Five Rings Academy. I think you, I think you can say we, cause my next note literally says match made in heaven between you two. So, uh, <laughs> for, from with, all the way to the start to this nice little balance that you guys have, I, I think it's pretty incredible. We, we, we guys have built over there. Um, okay. Now I want to, I want to switch, uh, directions a little bit. I want to talk about mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. cause you mentioned on a previous call that you've had actually a lot of help with advisors to avoid pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll give you two options. Like one, do you want to kind of talk about those potential pitfalls and how advisors helped mm-hmm. or really just talking about the importance of advisors to you. Yeah, I think I think first I'll touch on the advisors because if there's like any advice that I would give to another, you know, marketing agency or just companies in general is like don't try to build it alone. And even if you have a like well, number one, don't be alone as well. Have like at least a co-founder. But then even when you're a co-founder, you're so in the business, right? What you see is the stuff that you see and the stuff that you know. Um, but having an advisor allows you to see things that you're not seeing, see it from like a 30,000 foot view, but also they've, they know all the mistakes that you're, that can be made. They know, you know, what to basically like to, to help you avoid making all those mistakes and get to, you know, a certain place faster. So I think like it, that's so, so important. So I can't stress the importance of advisors enough. Um, simple things, right? Like, or like the advice that we got was like, hey, like you have like these services and things that you're doing, like turn them into packages, like offer like a product and not like just like, oh, like this service here, the service there, or we do this, like turn them into actual packages, right? Very early on, that was like the first advice, but us being new to business, being new to this, mm-hmm. we didn't really like think of that, right? All the way to now where like same advisor um, is kind of like, okay, Shaheen, like you have to make sure everyone in your company knows exactly what their roles and responsibilities are it needs to be documented and need to be aware of it right so they need to understand this is like just basic stuff then again i'm like focused on grow the business expanding services blah 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 it's like but if people don't know what they're what they need to be doing on a day-to-day basis your company's going to fall apart so it's things like that that advisors can give you that you don't see all the time if you're in the business, yeah. Yeah, to echo that, uh, you know, where, where I think advisors help, and this is a phrase that I, I tend to use a lot, is is you know they help you work on the business, not just in the business. Because exactly, when, I think when you're starting a business, you know, like you're just in the grind all day, every day, and you can't almost like take a, a thousand foot view or whatever it is, ten thousand, whatever the phrase is. Um, so I think you know when you when you almost put a pause or a benchmark or whatever it is, and you speak with advisors, that's your time to work on the business, not in exactly. Just in- um, and, and then the other thing that I wrote here is, you know, you mentioned not doing it alone. And, and I think a lot of investors and really just, I think the reality of the situation is that it's important for you to, to have a co-founder because that's the first person you sell, right? Like if you can't sell another person to join you, who says you're going to be able to sell a client on your service. So, um, mm-hmm. I think for that reason, it's obviously really important to have not just help, but like a co-founder with you. Um, a few questions I tend to ask at the end. Um, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? something to other marketers so are you talking about like other marketing agencies or other like marketers within companies i guess both the marketing agencies marketing agencies um i would say don't put your eggs in one basket that'd yeah. be like the biggest advice don't put all your eggs in one basket because things are always changing yeah no i think that's i think that's great uh what do you enjoy talking about the most that you normally don't get an opportunity to talk about 
uh, that can be in business. It doesn't have to be open that up to anything. Cars. <laughs> cars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you said cars, cars. Yeah. Yeah. Cars, cars. I have my little GTI, so I love cars. Nice. I love one. I love all moto racing, everything. So, uh, give me one more le- level of detail, whether it's what you drive, what you love something. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it's just like, I could just talk about cars, you know what I mean? Like, what cars you want? And what do you want to do with your cars? Like, I'm not like that crazy, like into like, I don't, I don't know all the mods and everything you can do, right? But it's just, yeah, it's just something I actually run a, a, a I used to, it's still active. It's an Instagram page called Toronto Car Spotters. Um, I stopped posting there now, but it has like 26,000 followers and it's just sitting there. Um, so I, I, just, I, I like cars a lot. I go to car meets, car cruises, things like that. I try to go as much as I can, basically uh toronto car spotters you said yeah correct cool i'll look i have that up in a second um are you uh can i ask what car you drive uh it's uh (laughs) i actually don't want to say it (laughs) (laughs) i'll I'll explain after the recording (laughs) we can take that out too if you want to Uh, um are you guys looking to hire any positions right now um we are actually we are we are looking for a paid media specialist who can do at least google ads if not like google and linkedin ads we can train on linkedin ads if we need to but um yeah is that uh in vancouver canada it can be remote it's it's like we're looking in latin america okay philippines perfect uh and the last question any uh book podcast or newsletter recommendations again can be marketing business not related to either yeah, so like, so I don't read books. Um, I just follow really good people on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So like, it again depends on your niche within marketing, but follow the people who are giving real advice that have done it, and just follow them on LinkedIn, and they're throwing out great value through their posts. Like, there's so much to learn. So that's what I would recommend as far as you know, yeah, what to do. Do you case. remember any off the top of your head? So in sales, like for example, like sales is a big one. Like so, uh, Mark. Casa Glow, uh, he puts out a lot of great stuff. Um, Josh Braun puts out a lot of great stuff. Um, Kyle Coleman, lots of great stuff. Um, those are like three off the top of my head. And there's a few more that you know that I follow as well. Yeah, no, that was, that was great. Uh, and as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Um, yeah, uh, you can find us. I mean, Shaheem at fiveringsmarketing.com. That's my email. Um, and just, you know, our website, fiveringsmarketing.com. That's, that's where you can find us or find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests. Uh, and as always, thank you for listening. Shaheem, uh, I love this. This is, this is too easy to, to talk through. So uh, thank you, man. Appreciate it, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.